This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. For Inside Carolina, this is Taylor Vipless, and as always, I'm joined by Tar Heel Letterman and current radio analyst for the Heels, Deems May. Deems, UNC coming <clears throat> off a very tough loss against Virginia, and it was it was a almost a loser leaves town for the ACC Coastal, so you know the Heels are upset that they didn't get this done. What were your overall thoughts from the UVA game? Prior to the game, I think we always do a keys to the game, and, and I was – my key to the game was how do we handle finally winning a close game? How do we handle success? Do we become complacent or, you know, do we come out and, and, and play really hard and, and, and try to build on it? And, and with everything at stake in the coastal, how do we respond? And as I was going through, you know, just kind of thinking about the game afterwards, I thought we responded well. I think, uh, I think everything just kind of pointed to fatigue, especially on, on the defensive front seven. I just, for the first time uh, this year, I saw some tired legs out there. I saw uh, just a lack of bounce in a lot of our guys that we needed to step up, uh, with the exception of Chas Surratt. I, I, that guy's amazing. Uh, his legs are fresh. He's everywhere. Uh, he's incredible. But I just thought up front, defensive line-wise, we were we were finally tired, and, and we were dead-legged. And, and you rarely find a time where anybody would say an open date came at the right time, but you know, where, where they, they don't say it came at the right time. They always seem to come at the right time. But this is a tired team, and, and you can't blame it, especially on the defensive side. There's just too many snaps going on right now. And it just goes back to the premise of what we've been talking about, and that's Coach Brown building depth and, and having to be able to rotate these guys in where, where we just – we got no pressure on the kid. I know he got the ball out fast, but he's, He's not a 30 for 39 guy. Um, he just not. He's a great athlete and, and a great quarterback and a playmaker, but he's not a 30 for 39 guy at all. And um, we just looked a little out of sync on defense and really tired legged is what I thought. Yeah, I agree with you. This felt like the first game where Jason Strobridge and Aaron Crawford didn't have the impact that we're used to seeing where they're just dominating in their usual way. If you're North Carolina, besides just having these guys rest during the bye week, is there anything you can do to kind of counter the high snaps? Because these are still guys that for these next three games, UNC needs on the field in these big moments. I mean, you got, you know, rest is rest is rest. You know, ice tubs, hot tubs, contrast baths, everything you can, but you know, you gotta maintain strength in there. So you have to do lifting. And and I and I trust Brian Hess. To, to have the right lifts in there. I doubt we're going to do any heavy squatting, um, but we've got to maintain strength and we've got to get some legs back under us up front for sure. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have my roster with me right now, Taylor, but 51 came in 
for um uh, for for uh, Crawford a little bit and and really got some penetration. We've got to start trusting some of these guys to get some reps in here uh, on these last few games. But again, given the time off and 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 it's not a full bye week when you play on Thursday, but um, it, it's still much needed. And I think you have to really limit their reps in practice and do what you can in the weight room to maintain strength, but get a little bit of bounce back in their legs because. They got blocked up front, and and they just were playing high, and they you just didn't hear their names at all. And the two guys that, that we depend on most, and it's just I just think it's a product of all these close games and all these reps. Besides tired legs, like you mentioned, UVA was they were getting the ball out fast, kind of neutralizing Carolina's pass rush, and they were just going to the same. They were just they found what was working, and they just kept going to it over and over again, basically scoring at will. So besides the tired legs, what do you think went wrong for this team on uh, defense? We still haven't. You know, the thing that's impressed me the most about our defensive backs getting through these injuries were, are how well they're covering. And, and, and before anybody jumps up and says anything, they are covering guys. And if you've not followed Carolina football the last four or five years, we used to have guys running so wide open down the middle of the field you could punt the ball and we wouldn't have anybody around them. So we've gone from having people running wide open down the middle of the field, catching long touchdown passes, to them having to throw these back shoulder throws that our guys have just not adjusted well to yet. And, and, and it's a lot of youth. It's, a lot, it's got some talent issues in it. It's got length issues in it. But, I mean, they are in the right spot. They're, Dre has done a great job of getting them in the right spot. Now they have to have confidence. Now they got to be able to grab the wrist, you know, right there before the ball gets there. Now they got to be able to feel when that ball's coming on that back shoulder because the last two games, there's been 30 back shoulder throws probably. I may be exaggerating a little bit, probably not much. And these 50-50 balls, we haven't been winning. We start winning these 50-50 balls with these guys, and they get a little confidence uh, in these last three games, and, and then we're going to be okay. But, but we're going to see 20 more back shoulder throws next Thursday night, and we're going to see them every time until we stop them. And if you're getting the ball out quick and you got de- dead leg defensive linemen, then then that's your recipe for 38 points. And and that's where we were struggling, the back shoulder throw and and the 50-50 balls and, and no pass rush. Switching to offense, the drops were still an issue for the wide receivers with five drops. But offensively, I thought UNC played well enough to win that game. In my opinion, they were going score for score with Virginia late in that game. How impressed were you? with the offense, specifically with Sam Howell and with UNC's running backs and with a guy like De'Ami Brown, who became just the seventh player in UNC history to have over 200 receiving yards in game? Um, you know me, I'm, I'm a rush. I'm, I'm a run the ball guy first just to set up that pass and was so pleased with how we ran the ball. I, I just tell you, uh, they were they were getting their eight and nine yard clips on, on back shoulder throws and we were getting ours on just straight counter plays, pulling guards, pulling tackles, getting out in front and just pounding them. And that's so much more high percentage. And if we can continue to do that, we'll be okay. Uh, Sam Howe, I mean, when you can run it like that, then you're getting to play action where they've got to bring that other guy in the box and play man. And our wide receivers are dynamic enough to get behind them and and make plays. And and Sam's deep ball has just, has just improved so much. His pocket presence, we, we've talked on ad nauseum and I'm, I'm not going to keep pounding that but man he, he's just a player and he's, he's just a cool cat in the pocket and he finds the right guy and steps up in there but you know we've we've had too many drops and the drops came critically times you know you think about the fourth down when we went for it 
that would have been a great catch by Bo Corrales. And then the ball went through his hands. And then we had, you know, the last play of the game, um, a fourth down. That, that would have been a great catch. But, man, when it hits your hands, you got to make plays. And we didn't there, you know. And that's kind of the first time where we've had a chance to go down with uh, enough time and good field position where it didn't pan out. And we've talked about it week in and week out. We can't continue to get a, fr- a true freshman to bail us out because they're going to be good. You know, good teams were playing, and those guys were good. And, and, and we, we can't have drops in critical plays. But on the flip side, they made huge plays to keep us in the game. And, and, and the, at the end of the day, 31 points is enough to win a football game. And it should be plenty enough to win a football game. And this game goes back onto the defense and, and what we talked about in, pre, in, in the earlier segment. So um, really pleased with the running game, really pleased with, with Sam again. Really pleased with the big plays dynamically, but we're just not good enough to drop balls in critical spots, and we just don't have enough depth. And, and we and, and that has been a big problem. These drops have been, and and you know we corrected them after we had some drops last time. So these kids are young; they got to realize that every catch, not just that long touchdown pass, every catch counts, and the concentration has to be there for a six-yard hitch, as it as good as it's been for. 55-yard over-the-shoulder catches that they've made. So they definitely have the hands to catch the ball. They just need to be more consistent again and and concentrate on the ones that that may aren't the biggest plays of the game. Going along with the drops and with the defensive performance, my main takeaway from listening to the players post-game was that they knew they just wasted a great opportunity in front of them. Like you mentioned, you score 31 points and you put up 500 yards, similar to the Virginia Tech game. Mac Brown is trying to raise the standard of football here in Chapel Hill. And these are just games that you have to win if you put up these kind of offensive performances, right? Yeah, I tell you, but again, we hadn't won any games, you know, five games in two years. So, I mean, let's not forget about where we were a year ago when we were just getting, you know, where, where we just couldn't find a way to win a game at all. Now we're in a position where we've been competitive in every game, almost to the point where it's, it's really been detrimental to to the, to the you know, our team. Is, our games have been so close, and we've had no breathers, and we've had six overtime games, and all these games have come down to to one score, and it just kind of caught up with us. And, yeah, you got to be able to win that, but you have to take that first step. That first step wasn't winning nine games, Taylor. The first step was getting the bowl eligibility and having a shot at the Coastal, and we've done that. And that's, that Coastal shot's probably out the window, but the number one goal of, of taking a team that's won two ga- that won two games last year and getting to a bowl is still there. And this open week can give us enough time to come back and play a pit team that's going to throw back shoulders and is going to have a really good, you know, defense coming after you and is going to be hungry because we have not – they have not beaten us in forever. So um, the goals are still there, and, and that's how you got to just start looking forward and, and getting ready to find a way to uh, – find a way to win two, two of these last three and get to a bowl game, and, and then you just – then, then you just get on to the recruiting trail and, and start building some depth because we really are lacking depth, and that's costing us late in ball game. All right, let's take a quick break so I can remind everyone about Johnny T-Shirt. Family and alumni owned and operated, Johnny T-Shirt is your go-to shop for Carolina Apparel. They've still got all your football gear that you could want, but now basketball season is here, and they've got you covered there as well, including the official fan T-Shirt of the 2019-2020 North Carolina basketball season. I'm looking at it now. It's a Jordan brand t-shirt with the state outline. It says Carolina family on the back. Pretty cool shirt. I'm going to add it to my cart right now. If you're going to be in Chapel Hill for a game, be sure to stop by Johnny t-shirt right on Franklin street to get all your Carolina gear. 
And don't forget, Inside Carolina subscribers save 10% off their orders. All right, let's get back to Deems. Another thing that it feels like we could talk about every week, the ACC referees. I don't I don't normally have a problem with referees or I don't normally like talking about referees as long as I feel like, you know, they're calling a bad game for both sides. But Saturday, it felt like they didn't even know they were allowed to penalize Virginia. They missed that pass interference on one deep ball hmm. to, I believe, yeah. Daz knew somewhere. Tackled him. Tackled yeah. Him. <laughs> and then there's just no way their offensive line didn't didn't commit one holding penalty. I think on the the Perkins long run, um, you could see a couple UNC players get held. So I know this is this is your sweet spot, and I'm gonna <laughs> tee you up for it. What what were your thoughts on the referees on yeah, Saturday? I, I don't have any problem talking about ACC refs, and I think everybody else around um, in, in the league knows. That, I mean. Mr. Swafford, Mr. John Swafford has a problem right now, and, and it's with ACC refs, and you can ask any team. But the thing that I've always gone back to, and I truly believe this, and, and North Carolina, the University of North Carolina, if you, if you take a lie detector and ride down, right down the middle of the state, and you, and you selectively pick random people off the side of the road, North Carolina, there will be nobody that, that is objective towards North Carolina. Not one person, if you put that lie detector on them, will be objective. They either, if you say, hey, do you like Carolina? And they say yes, and they like Carolina, they'll be fine. If you say, hey, do you, what do you think about North Carolina? They say, I don't like them at all. And then the thing with the lie detector will show they're not lying. If you get somebody right down there and you say, hey, what do you think of Carolina? And they say, I don't have a feeling one way or another, then that lie detector is going to go off the, off the charts. And there's no objectivity towards North Carolina. So I'm not saying these refs are crooked. I'm not saying anything else. I'm just saying there's no objective opinions on our university in this state. And most of these referees are from around here. And I'm not saying they're consciously making bad calls, but there's an opinion about North Carolina out everywhere, whether it's basketball opinion or whether they think we got away with murder with the NCAA or whatever. But these refs have got an opinion on North Carolina when they step on those field. And right now, you cannot tell me that there's not been one hold by an opposing team since the Miami game. And until we get to address that, and the, the coach we have right now, I know he's putting together some film, and I know he's putting these stats to him, but there's a problem right there. And it just feels like, I, you know, the holding calls, I've seen a million of them. And then both teams hold. We hold every play. They hold every play. But what makes them decide they're going to call the one, you know, where a guy pancakes them at Virginia Tech when we're getting ready to run the ball right in the end zone, and then they don't call anything all week. We finally get a long run, and they call a hold against us this week. It's just – the, the, the timing and everything, there's just too many coincidences. I'm not a big believer in, in, in all these coincidences, and I'm not a big believer that this stuff has not happened one time since Miami that we have not gotten a call. Now, how do you, how do you combat it? You can't do anything about it as a player, but you send it in. But there's something that's got to be done. I finally just about lost it when, when I, their DB tackled our receiver right in front of me. There was nobody within anywhere, and the ball lands six yards if he would kept running into the end zone. And they say his feet got tangled. I mean, it's just to the point where this really has to be addressed. And I tell you what they ought to do. I don't know what we can do, but I hope I hope our athletic director and our coach are sending in there. We got to find out where the, where these where these referees that are making these calls. We got to find out what's going on with them. You know, during the week. So I, I have no idea what it is, why they don't. But there's no objective opinion of the University of North Carolina, and I totally believe that. And subconsciously, there may be just some people who just don't like us, but it is what it is. That didn't cost us 
a, the coastal by any means, but man, it's just too coincidental that there's not been one holding call and our holding calls have been just at the most inopportune times. And when you tackle somebody in the open field in front of 60,000 people and, and millions watching TV and they all look at each other and, and at the same time decide no, no flag. I just, uh, I, I've, I've had enough of it, but I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that. Go back and watch our game with South Carolina. And I and and we had SEC refs. You want to see a team? That, you want to see a game that was called? Go back. Go back and watch that. Cleanest referee game I've ever seen. And and it, I guess is we're not paying them enough or or something. But but something's got to be done. I know that was a long rant, but I'm glad I got it off my chest. <laughs> Where do you think this team's mindset is heading into the bye week? Because they've just had emotionally taxing games week after week right now. Yeah, I tell you, again, a great time for it to happen. Um, I, I, I'm not a big Thursday night fan. I think it's fun sometimes, but you certainly would like to have it on that following Saturday. But I get it. Um, I know Coach Brown will handle them right. I know the last three weeks have have to be emotionally taxing. They'll do some fun stuff. I, I don't know what it'll be, you know, some team activities. They'll get some time off. And, you know, they just got to look at each other. I tell you, this team – I've never seen – and for somebody that hasn't been day-to-day, you know, but I've been around a lot of great teams, and the teams we went to the Super Bowl, we like to really hang out with each other after practice, whether it's playing dominoes or video games or, or whatever, or calling barbecue in. But these teams that like each other a lot, and I have a feeling this this North Carolina team, you can just see it, you can feel it, and how much fun they're having and how they hang in there tight and how they bounce back from tough losses. And they're going to be okay. It's just a matter of are we healthy enough? Do we get some of these guys back? And and I just know that mentally they'll be okay for this. Now, are their legs going to come back? I hope so. But, um, you know, that's just something we have to build with, build in, in the future with depth. But mentally they, they'll come back sharp because they know they know what's at stake. These seniors haven't been to a bowl game. And, and, and they're the leaders, and they'll step up, and, and we'll be ready to play. I just have a feeling that if we don't make a bowl, it's not going to be because we didn't play well. It's because we got beat fair and square uh, by, by two teams. From your college and your professional days, was it tougher to go into a bye week after a loss or after a win? Because I always felt like when we lost before a bye, we wanted to get back on the field as soon as possible, where this team, you know, they might be looking forward to the bye to get some of these guys back and to kind of get their legs under them. Yeah, see, pro and college are so different. You know, business-wise, it, it, in the pros, if you're not if you're not ready to play every week, you, and, and you got a couple drop balls or, or you miss tackles, you're you're gone. You know they're going to cut you. So, you're mentally you got to be so much tougher mentally uh, when when you get to the NFL. And in college, it's just you know where are you with school? Where how are your grades going? What do you have you know you know going as far as classes? And then you got to get this going. So any kind of break where you can have a day off and kind of get caught up on everything, get some legs back under you, get some light lifting in. I think it doesn't really matter if it's if it's a win or a loss. It always is probably tougher after a loss because you got to wait that much longer uh, to get back on the field and redeem yourself. And that's why I'm saying you only have 12 shots and you can't come out, you know, dead mentally or or you know physically. I thought our legs were dead mentally. I thought we were ready to play, and hopefully both of those will pop back before next Thursday. Okay, let's take one last quick break for a word from our sponsors. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. Okay, we're back. Your goal all along has been for UNC to get to a bowl game this year. So to get there, what are you looking for the Tar Heels to accomplish in these final three games? Well, just getting there. I don't care if it's Detroit or Shreveport or what it is. If you have a chance to get some guys some reps in practice, you get a little more time, have the seniors be able to enjoy you know, the, the, the bowl gifts and the camaraderie and have everybody that's contributed so much to this year um, and the excitement and the momentum to be able to look forward to one more game, regardless of where it is, is, is a plus. And, and you've got, you've got, you know, three chances to win two ball games and get there. And, 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 and you've got to do everything you can, whether you're beat up or not, uh, get out there and, Hey, if it's third and four and, and you run a five yard route, you got to concentrate on catching that ball and keeping the chains moving. Or if you need one more step to get to the quarterback, you got to go. And there's only three more chances to do that. Or you're going to be sitting home after Thanksgiving, and that's a long time to wait um, until next August uh, when we go to Atlanta. Now, UNC, they didn't get the win on Saturday, but I just wanted to take a moment to kind of appreciate the fans at Keenan Stadium. Five straight sellouts. They're showing up in forces this year. They're making noise. The atmosphere has been night and day from the past couple of years. What has been your thoughts on the crowd this year? Yeah. Uh, just incredible. Just su- such a night and day. I mean, and, and it starts, it really starts with the students. I mean, it's r- rare the last three or four years that, that our student section was halfway filled. And, and now it's totally full, you know, 30 minutes before the game because they want to be there. And then our other fans have stepped up and bought season tickets. And, and we've got to be close to another sellout with Mercer. What great way to and these recruits, the first thing you see, you know, and when you read something about a recruit is, man, that atmosphere was live or that, I mean, that place was so happening. It was so loud. And we've had all sides of every time. There was another crowd-induced penalty. Uh, uh, maybe it was a delay of game or something. They only had one penalty, but there was some things that happened with the crowd that, that were so good in the last few games. And, and it all started with Miami. And, and the atmosphere has been it. Like we talked about, I think, three weeks ago before we beat Duke. The crowd's been there. It's time for the players to step up and make a play. And they did, and they did it against Duke. And it got everybody excited against Virginia. And people see whether the fans see it, our fans or everybody else, they see what's building here and they come and they want to see it. And 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 Keenan has been rocking and and that just a great and Coach Brown on the on the post-game interviews, the first thing, hey, thanks to the crowd, thanks to the student section. You guys have brought it all year. We've got one more chance to send these seniors out against Mercer. And what a great way that would be to say, hey, to every recruit, they use the narrative of you're going to be playing in front of empty crowds. Well, if you sell out Mercer and you sell out for the full season, that narrative's dead. And I think it's dead either way. Yeah, it's huge for these recruits coming in, like you mentioned. And as the fans have kind of picked up this season, recruiting has picked up back under Mac Brown. Uh, the momentum has been picking up a ton of steam. A lot of big-time recruits are coming to Keenan this past weekend. None bigger than Charlotte's very own 
from Mallard Creek, Trenton Simpson, the number two linebacker in the country, who says he's down to Clemson, who hasn't offered him yet, and North Carolina. How impressive is it that in year one, Mac Brown has been able to sell to these top players on his vision of what this UNC team can become? I don't really know how to explain it beyond just incredible. Um, this was something that, honestly, any any pragmatic view, any pra- third-party objective pragmatic view would say they're they're two to three years away, and 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 then and then you look up, you know, nine games into the season, and and you you really have a chance to sign six or seven out of the top ten in North Carolina. Um, I mean, that is strong, and and I tell you, it's it's it, Coach Brown's learning curve was not big at all. He knew where he had to go. He put the coaches out into the high schools, got the excitement back, got the crowds in there. And and you know what? He started out with two big wins and been competitive in every game. And and it's and and he's going to put the put the fence around North Carolina. And and if you're a North Carolina kid, this is where you want to be and and he's preaching that and all the team all the all the other recruits are chipping in, the ones that have already committed, the guys on the team that that take the time out of their day or nights after a long game whether it's a win or loss to to bring the recruits in and tell them how great it is. There's so much that goes involved with it from videos to social media. Everything has just been off the chart. What a great time it is and the momentum of this program. So, so much fun. And, and as a former player, I can't thank everybody that's doing it enough. It's, it's my number one passion in, in, in sports and, and it's been incredible and, and it's only going to get better. No games this weekend, but we will still catch up next week. Deems pleasure talking to you today and, Look forward to talking next week. Okay, man. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.